Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. There's one in and one out tonight. James is missing, but Gaz is back. Welcome to episode 51 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. We still haven't got a full house. We're three weeks into, uh, or three three episodes into recording this year, but it's going to happen at some point, isn't it, lads? It will. Anyway, so. do we do we hope so? Do we? <laughs> There's no one going to have a hundred percent record this year. That's the question, isn't it? Um, I, 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 I loved um, Chris's tweet earlier. About the yes. hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really good, really good. We have we have got some 100% records, haven't we, to talk about a little bit later mm. in the show. But before we get before we get underway, Pete, you're right. Yeah, very good, mate. Yourself. Well, apart from the hoarse voice, I'd love to say it's shouting goals everywhere, but unfortunately, I've no idea, no sore throat or anything, but just. Ah, it's come from me like... when you came round on Thursday. Possibly, I felt yeah. rough all weekend, to be honest with you. Oh, thanks, mate. I really appreciate that. That's all right. That. I'm so, <laughs> sounding like a husky sex line worker. Chris, how are you doing up there in the north? Yeah, yeah I'm really well, thanks. Really well. And and Gaz is actually here babyless this evening for the first time, I think. This She's year. not even in the house. She's really? gone out with the wife. It's just Excellent. me and the boy, and he's watching Star Wars or something in his bed. So. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. As always, since we recorded two weeks ago, it's always always something to to talk about hopefully we've got ourselves a little special guest coming up a little bit later in the show as we did did promise and tease on twitter not quite who we were expecting but nonetheless someone we're happy to have on a bit a bit later and uh we'll we'll kick off with i think we'll start with you chris up at Southfields, yeah. and um you're sitting rather pretty at the moment aren't you yeah it's been a good start um the northern the National League, I keep going to say Northern Premier League, you know, I can't get it out of my head. Um, the National League North has thrown up one or two surprises so far this season with Spennymoor doing well and yeah. Blythe, for instance, having a good start in particular, but they've just started to, to drop down the league slightly. But um, all in all, absolutely thrilled with what we've seen so far. The the brand of football is terrific. The excitement is, 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 is 50% better than last year. And because... The opposition are of a better standard. It's obviously providing for a better, a better product. So yeah, um, find ourselves in third. And tomorrow night, which is Tuesday, we're taking on second place Scunthorpe. Which mm. you know, seven eight years ago, when Jeff Thompson brought South Shields back from the brink, I think there was something like eight divisions between South Shields and Scunthorpe. And hey ho, they play each other in a league fixture tomorrow night. Mental and. Are you sort of, um, well, I mean, we spoke a couple of weeks ago and, and, and said about the standard being that, that you know, a little bit better. But when you look at the North Division as well, it's as tight as it was last year. There's, yeah. I think, three points yeah. between something like third and third and tenth or something and then yeah. 14th to 23rd. It's a really tight division so far. Very tight. What I've noticed is that the, there's not a massive gap between Northern Premier League and National League North. Um, it's not a massive gap, but there is a there is a difference. But because I still believe the Northern Premier League is probably the toughest of the Trident leagues, um, Shields and Warrington have been kind of they've rehearsed pretty well, I guess. So, and because other teams aren't just simply parking the bus, it makes for a better product all round. And uh, I, I must admit, I've been really Really pleased with how things have gone. Not quite so pleased with what we experienced at Darlington last Monday um, off the field, but that's another matter. 
Okay. I know Pete said he watched the highlights a bit earlier today and he said no word of a lie, you could have had could have had eight on, on Saturday. Definitely. We should have been um with three nil up at half time, we should have been five. And then we 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 missed two guilt edge chances in the second half. So it should have been eight nil really. Um but that's not to say that the opposition, you know, just folded. They didn't. It was a it was a good spectacle. And um and of course, it's been well documented. Um, the our opposition Banbury had a couple of um, supporters who made quite a journey to get there. Oh, really? Go on, tell us a little bit more. Well, it was two um, super fans who decided that um, they were going to make the journey because there was no supporters buses on because the players travelled up on the Friday night in individual cars. So. Yeah. Um, they got themselves to Birmingham and flew from Birmingham to Dublin. Wow. Dublin to Newcastle and then got the Metro, which is the equivalent of the underground, I guess, in, in Tyne and Weir, yeah. um, to, to Bede Station, which is our station for the ground. So I think it was a 40-hour round trip, including the game. Wow. Um, so, so, so the... Hats off to them, and, and to be fair, they've they've spoke really well. There's a blogger written really well about it, about the re- welcome they received from the Shield supporters and management and committee, and the Banbury chairman bought them beers. So it's just a brilliant feel-good non-league story. Um, it's just a great story, just epitomising what non-league football is all about, really. Or, or Chris should be about. We should be about, yeah. I mean. You know, there's, there's a lot of supporters. We we send a lot of supporters all over the country. You know, we we made um, we've made a lot of supporters very well. We made a lot of friends. And going back to what I said, we were a Darlington on Bank Holiday Monday, and we were segregated, which was fair enough. But um, there was no, we couldn't have a drink. It was just soft drinks, um, and the catering um, because it was an outside catering wagon. Um, our food cost 100% more than the home end. So you could get burger and chips for 5 50 and we were paying 10 50 Whoa. That's so shock. And, of course, it's a, we were stood on a grass bank. It's a grass bank that we that we were standing on. So it, it it's it's not ideal. And um, That's not right. A lot of fans, so a lot of fans are saying, well, we should do that to them when they come back. But that's yeah. not fair to their supporters. That's not right, really, is it? No, no it's, it's not. Really it's, Exactly, it's not right. But if they're if they're doing that to you, mm. why why shouldn't you do that to them? But I suppose one way of looking at it is, there was a lot of us, myself included, just didn't bother buying anything at all. I, I wasn't going to pay that. Um, and if their fans felt the same, well, you're losing out, aren't you? So, as a club, you have to maximise your income stream because at the end of the day, the income that that made was an outside catering van. So, but um, we've we've noticed that. That you go to a ray ground like we were Dover the other week, and oh, here they, we go. They, no, 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 they were fine. <laughs> they were, they were absolutely fine. I even had a chat with their, their chairman, Nick Parmenter. I'll just let you know. There you Very go. good. I'll, I'll build some bridges. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they don't allow drinking pitch side. And obviously, Chris, exactly. you've had the same experience. And you're like, yeah. well, it's it's costing you money. It's costing you revenue, income. You're allowed at this level to drink pitch, pitch side. Yeah. So yeah. why not? The same though, Pete. Put the Dorking, the Dorking didn't allow pitch side drinking when they were in the south either. It's it's weird, isn't it? You, you, it you, is weird. Each you're costing yeah. no, I've, I've drank pitch side. No, actually, Dorking, there's a section. You can't go past a certain yeah, section with a drink. Yeah. But in that in, section, you're okay to have a drink pitch side, yeah. but as long as you don't go out of it. In defence of Dorking, though, they're at the county FA, aren't they? So they might have. Uh, it might uh, not be Dorking that have made the rules. It might be the FA that have. Um, I don't know. Lan- Lansing, I think you can, can't you? So for, for the Sussex FA, you're allowed to drink. I, mm. I know they're a lower step, but. But I, Darlington. The home supporters could have a drink, and I think we're drinking perhaps mm. pitch side. It's just we weren't allowed any at all. There's no alcohol, yeah. nothing. Oh, that's, um, I'll that's tell you ridiculous. What, I'll tell you what might be a touch, Chris, is when you actually play them at home, is offer them food that's actually less than what they would than what they would be paying in their home end. 
actually yeah. make a point that way rather than charging the extra because that's yeah. that's almost you know or from a horse McBurger or something like that. <laughs> well, because we when it's segregated, we we do have a a catering wagon, but it's ours. It's it's a permanent catering wagon that's open for every game home and away, every home game segregated or not. So what they do when it is segregated, they fill the fridge with cans, you know, so supporters can have an alcoholic drink if they want one. The, the cans are opened and poured into plastic containers. And so the home, the, the travelling support get a good a good product. So um, I think we are, te- you know, as a we'll do the oh. same to them, but you're probably just cutting your nose off to spite your face and you're losing mm-hmm. out on potential revenue. Absolutely. Pete, Worthing, what happened? Whoops. Glitch in the Matrix. A glitch in the <laughs> Matrix. Very. I've, I assume you'd rehearsed that line sort of all the way through and, you know, for the last 15 minutes, ready to deliver. I've been saying it for days <laughs> on, on, in, the, in the groups and everything. Um, I think what it was, uh, we'd signed two players. One of them was announced Friday. One of them was announced Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, one of them... Bailey Smith, he was with us as an academy player right? quite a few years ago, went to yeah. Brighton, got him on loan. So I think he's only 18. And we signed a kiddie centre-back as from Wickham Wondrous. Right. And I think he's only 19. Yeah. And we had players coming back from injury as well. Aaron was seen, um, our usual captain, centre-back, um, his wife had a baby last Wednesday. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations okay. to him. I did say that, but I wasn't saying <laughs> that after the match because uh, <laughs> we, we missed him. Um, uh, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't have the baby, did he? The well, this, this is what a lot of people have been saying. He didn't have the baby, did he? He should have been fine yeah. by Saturday. Can we, can we just say it's taken me three episodes to actually be on for a whole episode? So let's, let's, and I, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you want an excuse, there's Gareth there. You know, just <laughs> Gareth. I got your I got your back, Aaron, don't worry. Yeah. There's there's all your answers right there, Gareth. Right. Yeah, so we missed him. Players coming back for injury, etc. Um Braintree, I, I I don't think they're that great, to be honest. Um caught us on the counter attack. Obviously, we we were going for it in the second half. They only scored once in the second half. It was all over by half time. But their goalkeeper made two great saves in the first half as well. Um, yeah, four, four nil. I felt it probably flattered them a little bit because we did have some good spells in the game, some good passing and movement. It made chances, like I said, the goalkeeper had a blinder, but one of those things. But it's all forgotten when when my phone's going mental this evening because we've signed Danny Cashman, who was released from Coventry City <laughs> last Friday. Um, and he played pre-season for us a few years back. And, uh, yeah, he was unbelievable. I think I said before we started that he was the best player I'd seen down at Woodside Road in my my time since 2017 of following them. Um, so, yeah, I'm absolutely over the moon with that signing. I can't wait to see him tomorrow night if he's involved. So we can forget about that, you know. Thank you, James. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, Pete, as our guest a bit later on the show will will tell us, you know, when your topic top of the table, you're there to be shot at, aren't you? Yeah. There's a massive target on your back, especially, you know, the start Worthing have had, the start Barney have had, even even Shields to an extent, Scunthorpe too, you know, when you're doing that well, you're the team that everybody wants to knock off the top and put themselves on it. Well, the funny thing was that Braintree, they'd only won one of their six games so far this season, mm. and uh, one of the fans was speaking to the goalkeeper before the match, and I think they'd said they got sort of... Um, only five from the playoff side that played really? Worthing last season. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then you look, you look at their stats at the end. Of, I was looking at their stats at the end of last season because obviously doing the commentary. And they'd only won, they only won three of their last 10 games in the league last season. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah so they literally yeah. sneaked, they literally sneaked into the, in, into the playoffs. So you're looking at that and you're thinking, well, Worthing form team, scoring goals, keeping clean sheets. Mm-hmm. But I think there was just, there was too many changes, bringing two, two new faces in to hadn't even trained with the team on the Thursday, as far yeah. as I know. Um, it was too much. And I think Adam, you know, Hinchelwood even admitted that in his interview after, 
you know that you know he probably made a mistake with that one but you know we we, we generally have four or five bad appear, bad displays each season it's part of the supporting a football team isn't it absolutely yeah i mean yeah. we spoke, spoke to chris a bit earlier about the north table and that how do you feel the the, the national league south shaping up at the moment there's still a few clubs surprising you're doing well and surprising you're doing not so well Avely. Yeah, I was going to say Avely are doing well, aren't they? Great result over the weekend against Torquay. Yeah, yeah they, they, shouldn't have won, they shouldn't have won at our place. If it, if it weren't for the referee. Um, they shouldn't have picked up the points there. But apart from that, they're, they're, they're doing absolutely fantastically well. Um, Braintree being where they are, that sort of surprised me. Um, <laughs> like I say, because of getting in the playoffs last season. Um, and... Just trying to just trying to think of how so I've been having on Waterlooville, second bottom. No, yeah, that, yeah. Since no. Christmas, since Christmas, they've absolutely capitulated. Yeah. Isn't that about the sort of time that isn't that about the sort of time that they signed um what's I can't remember his name from where then? Keely. Keely. Yeah, so we sent him as a curse and it's worked. Yep. <laughs> but Taunton are doing well as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, um, Hampton and Richmond, I expected them to struggle. Really? Uh, yeah. Funny enough, I didn't. I, right. I thought they'd be the dark horses this year. Yeah, Slough, Slough I'm surprised at. Yeah. Because they're, te- they're a real gritty team that always seem to get stuck in. Um, and I thought they played all right against Worthing and the 4-1 defeat didn't justify their performance, to be yeah. honest. Did, did you see Scott Davis's comments after the game on Saturday? Uh, I haven't, no. No, it sounded as if... Um, Slough didn't put in a performance that was worthy of anything at the at the weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if either he changes things on Tuesday night when they play, or there's a bit of movement in and out. I think this week because um, I mean, when you've right. lost, well, they lost six out of the seven, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, something's got to change quite drastically, I think, for them. Yeah, but then you've still got Torquay and Maidstone, two relegated sides uh, in the top seven. Yeah. So. You know, it's going to be interesting. Bath at the top. Bath is quite, you know, might be a dark I watched horses. them a few weeks ago, actually. I was quite quite impressed with them um, at yeah. Eastbourne, to be fair. And, and they got hammered by Western Supermare 6-0. Yeah. 6-2, six, six yeah, at home, yeah. 6-2, yeah, at home. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> what, what's that about? Crazy, so, so Worthing have had a hammering on the weekend, but I think that's just a, a one-off loop result, in my opinion. It will be, couldn't it? We'll see, won't we, over the course of the next seven Talk. days. I mean, it's a big it's a big week with for both the National League North and, and South of the game on the Tuesday night and the Saturday. You get nine points out of that. You know, between both of you, um, Pete and Chris, it can make an absolute, you know, foundation difference to the rest of the season, can't it? Huge, hugely. Excellent. Right. Um, Just quickly, look- going on about surprises, Talk Eastbourne. Do you, reckon they're shrug- do you reckon they're struggling with going the uh, going full time, or My is it just a case of honest opinion? Was when I went two two weeks ago, I think when they, when they played Bath, um, they've got three or four players that are good National League South players: Alex Alex Finney and Jack Paxman, who obviously was at Worthing last year. Pete, good player, yeah, good player. Um, the goalkeeper uh, Ben Dzinski, who's from Dartford. And obviously Sam Beard joined them on loan as well. So you've got a full-time National League player there. So, But beyond beyond that, the, the rest were a bit... not What's the word? It's not that they weren't sloppy or anything like that, but they were that little bit behind the play. Those those guys were two seconds in front. Um, right. And I think going overnight from full-time... Sorry, from part-time to full-time in the space of three months, um, I think a few people got a little carried away the first two games when they drew and they won. Um, and then they didn't, they didn't pick up another point until they won at the weekend. So it will come for them. Um, and I think as well, now the EFL transfer window's shut, there'll be a bit more movement of football league players, moving about, especially some youngsters, um, which Mark will have a good contact book for as well. So I, I, uh, I'd expect to see him climb the table, yeah. 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 I think I think with anything, when you when you're getting a lot of new players in and you're changing the structure of a club, it's gonna it's it's just gonna take time for everyone yeah. to settle, blend, yeah. get to know each other's game, etc. So I I'd expect them from sort of sort of probably November, December to yeah. 
to be a force. And obviously, mm. we've drawn we've drawn them in the FA Cup today away from mm. home. So I'm hoping. Talk more about that later, shall we? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to the FA Cup. I was linking in beautifully there. Yeah, seamlessly, seamlessly, Pete. It was seamless until Gareth brought it up. Well, now Gareth has gone and spoiled it. Then let's go. Let's go and talk the FA Cup, shall we? All right. Guess who? Guess who? Who did you get, Pete? (laughs) So by the time we play Eastbourne, I'll carry on. On the 16th of September, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, the, hopefully, they still won't have gelled enough and we're going to come away with a, a victory. We, but I still think there's warm ball syndrome in that hat because we drew Eastbourne last season in the FA Cup. What are the chances of that? Mm. But instead of we at home, normally, it's away. We normally have Shildon. And um, this year, we've drawn home to either Bishop Auckland or West Auckland. Um, so it's a terrific draw for Shields. Couldn't get a better draw than that, really. What level are those clubs? Uh, Northern League. So they are um, two steps below. Yeah, two steps below. One of them might be three. Can't remember. So it's like a buy. Well, (laughs) I am not not saying that. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. No disrespect. No disrespect to those clubs, of course. It's just ban- it's Not just banter. All. It's just banter. <laughs> but actually, seriously, Shields are Shields do you know class the FA Cup as a very serious, serious competition. Not to win it, of course, but but to get yeah. as far as possible. Is that something that um, Worthing, Barnet, do they, do they take it? it seriously? I think we take it seriously, but. <laughs> We'd love it. We'd love a cup run. <laughs> they take you seriously. Think you do one. Yeah, we yeah, are. We fair. are do one. But what I, what I always find happens is because obviously we've got a. I think we're up to twenty four man squad now, and you could you could easily pick two teams, and yeah. Um. So obviously, you know, it's difficult to keep everybody happy. So I think in the yeah. in the cup games, there's lots of changes, etc. So. Yeah, it's it's just um yeah, it's just not a nightmare for the manager, but in your silver changes on the FA Cup day and you're always like, uh uh yeah. <laughs> are, are, are we taking this seriously? Uh, mm. but I'm sure I'm sh- we do, we do, we definitely do. But Barnet Trev? Yeah, we take it the FA Cup definitely very seriously. I mean, even you know, even even when we come in at the fourth qualifying round, it's a it's a pot of cash that could pay half a young player's wages. For a year, if we yeah. pick up a, a youngster, so I mean, last year, what did we get past? I can't remember, we beat the fourth qualifying round, but we got Accrington away in the first round proper, and I think the first round proper. And we, we, um, we should have come away with something at least a replay, but conceded a 78 minute goal. But I mean, we took the trophy seriously last year, got to the semi finals, so yeah, um, I can't, you know, I yeah, any side that doesn't take the FA Cup seriously for me at whatever stage you're at is just really yeah. why you bother entering the competition in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. But I, I understand that. And I'm sure all clubs do because there's little pots of gold along that rainbow, isn't there? Of qualifying and qualifying and qualifying. Mm-hmm. But would you rather have the trophy run to Wembley or like down here, you're Sussex Senior Cup final at the Amex? And concentrate on those competitions rather than the FA Cup, which you're never going to win in a million years. Um, I'd like a, I'd like to get to the third round and draw someone really nice away from home. We haven't had that for years, absolute years. So um, mm. I'd love to have that, you know. And then I don't mind if we don't get anywhere close to the next five years. Yeah, well, Barnet Bar- have got a better chance because of where you are. Yeah, you know, in the National League for yeah. sort of us clubs, sort of as another step back. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, I think... what you've 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 got to look at it. Yeah, it'd be nice, but yeah. I'd rather win in a trophy and a Sussex Senior Cup to have a good day out of the Amex. I think it know. depends what you want, doesn't it? If you want to get some money into the club, a nice little FA Cup run will will do that. If you want trophies, then yeah, you but, go but, for yeah, like you're saying there. The the FA Trophy will give you money, though, won't it? Not a great. Have you, not a great deal. Not, it's, it's not, not no, enough. not not as much. But if you get to Wembley, etc. Yeah, the rest if you get that and... far, yeah, it is worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so there's, 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 there's a couple of ties I picked out as well. Chris, in your half the draw, Scunthorpe against Brackley, which is the top two at the moment. I was going to say that one. 
that th- there are there are a few all same division ties, aren't yeah. there? And yeah. there's going to be some big names go out regardless of Absolutely. who. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, another one I picked out: Hadley or Stenning. Stenning's just up the road from us. Winners of that are at home to Maidstone United. So it's, oh. I, I'm not. I think Hadley a step four. So it's either step four or five against Maidstone United, which will be a um, quite a tie and. I want to give, give Eastbourne United a shout-out, who are county league step five down here through to the second qualifying round, which I think is either the first time in their history or in quite a while. They've drawn Burke Hampstead, who I think are step four, so a reasonable chance for them to get through. As well. I think I saw the other one as well. Is that Erith, Erith or Hastings versus Dover, I think, Dover, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That'd be... But both of those teams, if on their day, stand a chance Absolutely. Of, of beating Dover. Talk, Torquay United away to Wimborne. Former Torquay man Tim Sills is a manager at Wimborne, so mm. giant killing all over. That's got written. Hasn't yeah, it? there's some great ties. I've really, it's, it's for me. It's been a, it's a good draw. It's like sometimes yeah. you think, oh yeah, I'll here agree. we go, but it, that's a good draw for a lot of clubs. Yeah, well, the winners, winners of this round, three thousand three hundred seventy-five. The losers, one thousand one hundred and twenty-five. Okay, so. There we go. Every little helps. It does. Every little it does helps. indeed. We touched on briefly as well the FA Trophy, and that kicks off this weekend as well. With I think it's the first qualifying round. When do when do you guys come in? Is it first first round proper, second round proper? It's first, first round proper, isn't it? First round proper, isn't it? Hmm? Yeah, I'm not sure because it's Think... obviously slightly different to the FA Cup. It's not quite so many entries, but I was. I was sitting there having a having a think today while I was while I was writing away and stuff, and obviously the FA Trophy for the club starting this weekend in Step Four, the chance of them making A to Wembley or B having a decent run is a little bit remote. And obviously the FA Cup's not going to get them any kind of money either. Once you know, once they've gone past the first couple of qualifying rounds, they're likely to be out. Vars is obviously for five steps, five and six. Is there a little call for a? Competition in between, or are we overloading the FA competitions? Do you think overloading? Overloading. Okay. <laughs> Why? Too many, too, too many competitions. Sussex Senior Cup, Trophy, FA Cup. That's enough. Thank you very much. Because you, you know the league's the biggest prize in the goal promotion. I wasn't. I, I wasn't going to lump step two into that. Actually, I was more thinking steps three and four because I mean, like, take the sides that have, that have gone up from step five into four this year. Chance right. of them actually having a good trophy run, winning it, something like that, compared to maybe the Vars the year before is remote. I mean, I don't, you know, like I say, I mean, I think positive, like you, Pete, it's a little bit of overkill, even just for those clubs in the middle. But when you've got, I think it's the um, Velocity Trophy that the Ishmael clubs play in their League Cup, yeah. it's optional. They don't have to play in it. So mm-hmm. you abolish something like that. If the, I don't think the Southern League have a cup anymore. Do the Northern Premier still have a League Cup? wasn't. Can't remember it being played last season. No, so I don't know if there's if there's room for it. Just more for the fact of, for, for some of those sides that start out this weekend and even if they mm-hmm. win a game, they've still got to win maybe another two or three to even get to face someone like mm-hmm. a South Shields or Worthing, a Barnet or something like that. So it's almost, I don't know, it's, it's almost to me like a, a bit of a worthless competition for them because they're not going to, yeah, you know, game so, out of it. so so perhaps a Trident trophy, but you you would need so like the Trident leagues, mm. you know, step three yeah. and four. But then you'd need a good sponsor to provide good prize to make exactly. it worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got Northern Premier League clubs traveling all the way down to Ishmael League clubs and vice versa, and you need to make it worthwhile. Mm. But it's a good. Yeah. So that might be an idea, but I can't see it coming getting off the ground. No, 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 not enough not money. Quite. No. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if more people listen to us, we could have the PNLP Trident League Trophy. We make about fifty p an episode. If that. <laughs> I thought James takes forty nine p. He does. Majority shareholder. <laughs> Majority voice. <laughs> Oh, dear. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm -hmm. Right, so we've, we've had a look through the FA Cup. We've had a look through the FA Trophy starting this weekend. We thought we'd take a little bit of time this week as, as obviously we're not um, filling it full of uh, full, full of guests this week and we'll take a little look through the leagues at step three and four because one and two get a lot of coverage between the four or five of us on here when James actually does make it and isn't flying somewhere, who knows where. Part-timer. But he is a part-timer. Well, that's coming from the part-timer down in my bottom left-hand corner. <laughs> yeah, I've got an excuse though. What's what's flying at thirty five thousand feet is an excuse. I bet all those aeroplanes have got Wi Fi on them anyway, haven't they? Yeah, could you imagine James just sort of like you know dropping off in the middle of a trolley dolly service, <laughs> <laughs> and not and not to sort his mascara out either. <laughs> but anyway, back to the football. There's a whole pyramid underneath what we you know what us guys actually go and watch a lot of the time. Um, and there's some there's some great clubs in there, some teams doing really, really well at the moment. So, Chris, do you want to kick us off with one or two? Yeah, Radcliffe and Michelover. Um I'm I'm not wholly surprised by Radcliffe, if I'm honest, no, because me either. Yeah. Um, this road they're on, this journey they're on, started kind of last season or even the end of the season before. And um the, the committee there are putting a lot of work in and some no no little amounts of cash either. And um, whether he's still there, I'm not I haven't checked in enough. But Colin Hendry was there last season as assistant manager, okay. former Blackburn and Scotland centre centre back. So um, they've recruited well. They they've got a rich history, Radcliffe. But they, they are, I think they're a step ahead. So if you look at that league, everyone expected Worksop and Macclesfield to come in and just, you know, butcher yeah. the league. But the Northern Premier League doesn't work like that. South Shields couldn't do it. And um, and it looks like Worksop and Macclesfield aren't going to do it either. They might end up winning the league, but they're not going to butcher it because Radcliffe have proved that they are, they're up there. They, 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 were, a, a, they were a good side last season, particularly in the, the last third of the season. And they've continued where they left off, so I'm not really surprised because they've got the the knowledge of the league, the knowledge to quote something like like London taxi drivers. They've got yeah. the knowledge which is worth its weight in gold in that division. Yeah. Likewise, twenty four goals in six games. Yeah, yeah, and only yeah. five conceded. Yeah, and um, and Mickelover, um similarly. You know, they spent most of their time in the Northern Premier League up until last season. They moved over to the Southern Premier Central. And um, they were always a thorn in South Shield's side, if I'm honest. Um, very difficult to break down, particularly at home. They've got a 3G pitch and, it, and they're very tough to break down. They, they always had Stuart Bevan up front, former Football League striker. And he could get goals at any time. I mean, he was getting on, you know, but he, he had that nous, that 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 tactical ability. So that is, it's a bit of a surprise, but I'm not hugely shocked by the fact that they are doing as well as they are either, um, because they've got experience of tough, tough leagues, and that experience is well, it counts for a lot. What's happened to, to as as you pronounce it, mask, Chris, down, down towards the bottom, uh, mask. The um, so last year at the end of last season, they they brought um their Herculean manager back. He's done it time and time again. Got them out of the clarts, and they've got a, one of the best goal scorers around in Adam Boys. But they were very very limited elsewhere. 
um, I don't, if I'm honest, um, I think the appointment of the previous manager was a misguided decision. Um, um, Curtis Woodhouse, I, I don't, I just don't think that was very a good appointment at all. And he he left them in really in such a pickle that it's it, it was it's it was hard to pick up the pieces. They managed to stay up fantastically well, but they're limited. There's no doubt about that. And seeing them struggle again so far this year, that's no surprise to me. And the other two at step three we've got who are unbeaten in their five and six games are Chatham Town and, and Murphy. Chatham um, I say a little bit surprised, but I thought they'd come up and do well. They've recruited well again. Um they've had a double promotion. So what's the chance of them getting a triple promotion? Yeah, yeah. That's hard to do. Very hard. hard to do, get all the way through. Um, but I mean, they had the, you know, again, they've got a good budget, but they are very well supported as well. They came a cropper in the FA Cup at the weekend, actually, against Division Lower Ramsgate, who were among the favourites to go up from the South East Division. They got hammered 5-1 at home, which is unheard of. I think up until they played three bridges in November last year, they've been... They've won or been unbeaten at home for about a year and a half, two years or something like that. Um, they're really strong Chatham at the Bowville. And Murtha have um, surprised me, as as we mentioned before we came on air. Obviously, they mothballed themselves uh, during yeah. the COVID times. And uh, they've certainly come back with a bit of a, a bit of a bang, haven't they? Six out of six on the, on the opening few weeks. Historic, a historic non-league club. Yeah, yeah. Always remember them in the in the National League itself. Um, you know, just about holding their own in there. Um, you know, really, really good. And it's a bit difficult to when you get down to step four because the FA Cup and uh FA trophy and is just about to get in the way. But there's a there's a, such a disparity of games uh, like in the in the um uh northern in the midland division they've played four, five, six. You go down to the southeast Ishman division, they've played two, three, four. Yeah. Um, so there isn't there isn't a lot of rhyme or reason to quite a lot of the step four sides at the moment, but um, we'll have a we'll, we'll we'll dip into step five and I'll take a little look out for AFC Croydon's results because of the Stormzy and Zaha connection. Obviously, they're expected to do well, and they probably have a lot of eyes on on them so far. But they're um, sitting about seventh from bottom, and Guildford City are top, winning five out of five. So, do we think there's going to be a case of if they're not challenging in the next four or five games, they've only played one less than everyone else, there might be a little change, depending on how quick these guys want to move? Probably. Zaha's used to Premier League, you know, merry-go-rounds. If he's used to that, the trigger will be pulled, I'm quite sure. I think also they've, they're two well-known faces that have put some money into a club. They're not going to... You saw, I think you saw it at, um, at Salford when uh, Class of 92 took over. There was yeah. lots of um, managerial changes in a very short space of time. Um, I think it was that was at the point where uh, Gary Neville was, uh, was uh, making himself look a bit silly, wasn't he, at that point? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I love Red Nev, but yeah, he's um, he made himself look a little bit silly then. No. Just having a look at the Northwest Counties League Premier Division, right? I'm looking around the rest of the leagues, and everyone's played probably a maximum of seven. Some have played eight. Besides in this division, they played ten already. We've only just wow. the end of August. I know ten. Yeah, three sides in that division have played uh, have played ten games. The lowest is six. Wow. And it looks. Did like start it, in June? I don't know, but it looks a little top heavy. I've got to say the amount of the size of the table compared with some of the others, but um, that's phenomenal. You look at the Wessex League play. Premier as well. Wessex yeah. League. Baffins, Milton Rovers have played seven yeah. at the top of the league and at the bottom of the league you've got Petersfield yeah. Town have only played two. Oh, two, yeah. Yeah. AFC Stoneham have only played two. I'm sure there's a very good reason. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very baffling. Ten games in, uh, I mean, I thought I thought with the National League playing six games in August was, you know, fairly high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, my God, to get 10 games in as a as a part-time, real part-time player, you know, that's some going, isn't it? Wow. 
really is, lads. Um, so there's step five. So we dip into six as well. Is that far down as we go almost? I've Again. done a couple of step seven games this season. You have. I uh, don't you? ask me to talk about them, but um, well, no, because you don't remember. You're looking at the inside of a pram. Um, <laughs> only again, on one of them. Again, one of the Northwest Counties League. This side's played eleven. One's played eleven. Jeez. Eleven games by the first week, end of September. My God, I'm um, I am. I'm, I'm a bit, bit shocked. Now. I, I, you know, didn't expect uh, leagues to load tape, you know, fixtures that really that high um, for clubs at that level. But blimey, fair play to them anyway. On the well, there could, there could, there could be a thing with these lower level clubs where they want to front load the seasons. So if they get postponements in the winter, yeah, I think I did say to you, Chris, last year the the north. The Northern Leagues tend to front load their seasons really well. Yeah. Well, they do. They do, Trev, but they start later. Why don't you just start a week earlier? You know, like the National Leagues. Why? It just seems balmy, particularly when you consider the weather looks set fair for the foreseeable, you know. um, Chris, uh, Chris, you've got to realise by now there's no common sense in football. True. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. That's brilliant. This is more for, for Trev and Pete, sure. but East Preston at the bottom of step six in the in the Southern Combination League uh, played five games in the league. They've scored four and conceded twenty three. Jeez, I think bang in trouble. I think um, they've been so poor that I I watched them I watched them a couple of seasons ago and they had a team full of like lonely youngsters. Uh, some were Worthing kiddies, um, some were Bogner kiddies, um, they, they, and they just and they're playing a team of men, and they just got I can't remember yeah. who the opposition was, but they just got absolutely battered. I think yeah. it's very much that this season. I've been to watch them play uh, once this season, um, yeah, and I, I went I went once, and they were playing against um, a team where two of their players from last season moved across, including the goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper they had in goal, I felt really sorry for him because he can't have been much older than sort of 19, 20. And he just, yeah, his mates were on the sideline giving him grief because <laughs> I think mates. Like, his mates, yeah. And I, I felt really sorry for him. Um, so much for I started giving him, uh, giving the guys grief for giving him grief. But he, he, he had an, uh, you know, he had an absolute shocker in that game. Um, yeah, I think one of them actually. One went straight through him, one off the post and hit him on the back or something like that. It was, yeah, it was. Um, I felt really sorry for him, but they're looking very inexperienced. Um, yeah, I think they're they're doing. I, I think that's a, already. I, I think that's a, obviously an ongoing issue for East Preston. I don't think they've they've got the um. Comes down to money, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, even at that level, yeah, even yeah. at that level, at the end of the day, well, what, you're right because if you look in the Northern League Division Two, you've got Newca- Newcastle Blue Star. Newcastle Blue Star is a is a very historic non-league club, a big club, former Vars winner back in the day, I'm sure, um, and they have put some money together and they're going to keep an eye on them in Northern League Division Two. They've got a good little thing going. Money does talk. They've got. Some former um, South Shields players there, so you've got former National League players and all kinds of stuff going on there. Um, money talks. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Actually, I went to um, Brockenhurst and Shaftesbury last week in the Wessex League, and um, up front for Shaftesbury was Brett Pittman, the ex-Bournemouth striker, um, who's uh, paid a, a nice little fortune in that league, but. On the opposition side for Brockenhurst, there was um, Craig McAllister and Craig Stanley, who were both at Eastleigh within the last few years as well. So it's nice to see the pros dropping down. Yeah. Um, you know, as well. Um, you know, it helps helps as well. Brockenhurst have got a really young side um, as well. So um, when you can get the young pros dropping down, it makes it 10 times easier. Now, right Absolutely. Q, just as I was expecting, our little special guest to, to turn up, I did ask Dean Brennan to come along, but Dean's blown me out this evening because the National League South game is 
deemed slightly better. So I've gone one better and got his assistant. So welcome to the Premier Non-League Podcast, Connor Smith. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. No problem. Um, normally, James hosts the show and I get to chat about Barnet, but as you're here tonight, I can get you to do it instead. So... <laughs> please, please, God, the kids are quiet. That's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I've got, I've got cats running in and out, so I don't worry. I've fried um, mine with chocolate. He's in his stayed in his room. He hasn't been out yet. So <laughs> I'll have to try that next if it don't if it don't stay down. Yeah. yeah so top of the league again, second time already this season after the win at Borenwood at the weekend. Are you slightly surprised how far up we are up the table, or is it about where you both expected us to be? Um, I think if you looked at the start we had, uh, we probably all would have been ecstatic with this point return after this many games, considering some of the teams we've played. Uh, so top of the league, probably maybe not expecting to be up that high, but we backed ourselves to get a good point to turn. But again, as I said, when you consider we played Bromley, who were obviously playoff last year, Woken come fourth, uh, Eastley, you just missed out, Boreham Wood, who obviously got to the semi-final. So to play teams that are that calibre already this season, that's, and that's just a few. Hartley people that have come down that are going to be up there, I think. So a lot of our games, even Dagenham, Strev's obviously a very experienced manager at the level, really, really good manager. So we knew that was always obviously going to be a tough test. Um, so maybe we didn't expect to be top, but what a bonus. But we, we always backed ourselves to do well and we're happy, we're really, really happy with the points turn we've got so far. And then for you, obviously, you stepped up this season from being a player coach to just a single coach. Although I know you were expecting to play, weren't you, this year when I first came down to training first day of the season? Um, yeah, to be honest, I am... Um, all, all summer, worked hard, was basically in every day all summer just to make sure I got myself back to probably the fitness levels that I was majority of my career and um, with an eye on playing a lot more. And then obviously, we all know what happened. Obviously, John Dreher tumble, he leaves two, three days into pre-season and obviously then the, the plan changes. And then once Dean offered me the, the role as assistant manager, obviously I knew that came with basically hanging the boots up or stepping back from playing. So I was had to think about it, but I didn't want to turn, turn down the opportunity knowing that was always kind of my, the path and the plan was to transition into that anyway. So maybe it's come around a little bit quicker, but yeah, definitely couldn't turn it down. So how's the transition been for you going from player to assistant coach all of a sudden? Um, to be honest, obviously this is my third season uh, on the manager on the management team of a National League club, obviously being with Wood two seasons ago now and obviously Barnett last year. So uh Within both seasons, I've had long-term injuries as well. So I've had periods in the seasons, last two seasons, where I have just been more management team rather than playing due to injuries. So it's not been a massively tough transition considering I have had experience, at it, if not not loads, but obviously experience the last two seasons. So um, it didn't doesn't feel too dissimilar to them periods. Obviously, I was doing a lot of work last year when I was injured anyway. So the transition has been hopefully smooth and hopefully Dean, Dean sees it the same, same way. So if you ever get him on here, maybe you can ask him if he sees it as smooth as I have. <laughs> that would be nice, yeah. Um, obviously, last year we had ourselves, the squad depth wasn't quite there, was it? We we, had, we knew we had a really good first eleven, but we were lacking that little bit extra to bring players on. How did that recruitment basis kind of change over the summer? Because obviously I've spoken to Kirk, yourself and Dean know how it works, but... I just wanted to kind of explain to the guys how, how you guys go about it. Like, obviously, Dean's out scouting tonight, as we know. Yeah, um, to be honest, obviously, as, as you said, Trevor, you've been in the office and you've been a part of some of the conversations. You you know how early we started prepping um, and planning players and obviously players that we liked to obviously gear up for this season. Um, you obviously touched on squad depth. I think last year, I think if you ask anyone, especially with the trophy run and obviously a couple of rounds of the FA Cup as well. We, we probably played more games than what our squad was capable of. Uh, and I think that came to a head from pretty much March onwards. We were Saturday, Tuesday for six, seven weeks in the spin and the results sort of tapered off toward the back end of that. Um, I feel this year our squad's a lot stronger. Um, we've we've obviously lost Ryan to Havilland and a few of the lone lads. But other than that, we've kept the core group that you'd want to keep together from last season. And I feel I had a real strength to it. So... We feel like we're in a good position, maybe still a couple of light uh, of where we want to be, but definitely much better um, place than what we were last year to hopefully have a, have a real push this season. OK, we, we were in a chat earlier, um, obviously before you came on, about sort of FA Cup runs, trophy runs, etc. And obviously there's good many in the FA Cup, but which sort of cup run would you prefer? <laughs> um, I've been to the semi-final of the trophy twice. 
And then I've been to the third round of the FA Cup twice and the fifth round once. And I don't think anything beats a massive away tie or a big club in the FA Cup. Okay, Trevor. Um, <laughs> obviously, of course, obviously you want to win silverware in your career, of course you do. And obviously, we all know. Listen, we're not we're not going to we're not going to win the FA Cup, Barry. Let's be honest. But you, yeah, and we've obviously got a real good chance if we were to push in the trophy to actually get some silverware. But some moments I stay with you in the FA Cup. Mm. Um, I've had the luxury of playing Liverpool at Anfield, who I'm a supporter of. Um, wow. Obviously Everton at Goodison Park. I've played Man United at Yeovil. So I've had I've had some big ties and some of the best nights of my career have been been within the FA Cup. So um maybe that's the old school of me as well. I always remember watching the FA Cup final uh, yep. as the last game of the season. So and there's the kids right on cue crying, but they're all right for a little bit. Um but yeah, so FA, <laughs> FA Cup FA Cup for me is is if I had to pick one. Yeah, my, my, fair, my, I think I think the chairman would probably agree, considering the revenue it brings in as well. So, no, no, exactly. Uh, I told you, exactly. Pete. I told you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, my, my father hated football, and the only game he would let me watch on the TV each year was the FA Cup final, and I was football. Go. I was football mad. So, yeah. How's Marvin okay, guys. Okay, guys. I'm going to settle down on that one there. <laughs> How's Marvin looking this year? Uh, yeah, listen. He, he was he was excellent last year in the bit part he played. Um, I think Dean Dean's been brilliant at kind of just bedding them in slowly, um, not not giving them too much too soon. Obviously, considering his pathway to where he's got to now, um, but he's he's an explosive lad. You see him when he comes on at halftime against Bromley, and he really affected the game for us. And he's got that in his locker. Um, the question we ask him is, can he do it more consistently? Um, when he starts games, he might have a brilliant 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and he can kind of taper off. So we just got we're trying to manage him as best we can. Um we know what he brings. He's a massive asset to the club. We all agree on that. But um can we um now try and get that over longer, sustained periods within games? Yeah. Kind of obviously he, he came from Worthing. I had the privilege of commentating on Marvin for quite quite a few games. Um now I sort of used to call him the um Carlton Palmer of Worthing, if you remember Carlton Palmer. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes his his legs didn't quite sync with his head <laughs> with some things that he'd done. Um, he was in the nicest possible way because he's a cracking player and he's a little yeah. midfield dynamo. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear he's doing well. Will he be involved more this season? Uh, yeah, listen, we hope so. As as I touched on there, I think Bromley yeah. away, he he made a brilliant impact off the bench at halftime. Um, obviously, with Idris on a yellow card and, and basically on the brink of getting a second. So we had no choice but to make the change. And he came on and he made a real impact, as I said. So listen, we know he can do that. He, um, I think if you were there, Trev, do you remember Bromley away last season? It's probably yeah, one of the best yeah. 60 minutes yeah. I've ever seen from a player at this level. So his ceiling's incredibly high. But it's again, as you touched on, maybe can he get there more consistently is obviously the what we've tried and got to get out of him, what he tried got to get out of himself. So that's the that's the, the task with Marvelous and we know he's got the ability and he's definitely one he's willing and he works hard. So can we somehow get that album more consistently? Because when he's on his day, there's not many I wouldn't want to play against yeah. him when I was playing, I'll be honest. He's yeah. one of the worst thing you can think of playing against. He's so quick, so yeah. explosive, so aggressive, so Definitely an asset for the club. And we obviously, as I said, try got, got to try get that album more consistently. Yeah, you just don't know what he's going to do, do you? You're exactly. Like, yeah, but listen, if, if he, if he, do, he doesn't know what he's going to do, no one else will. So it's not a bad thing. He obviously should not know what he's going to do, do they? Well, well give him my regards when you speak to him, please. Will do, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, last thing, Connor. Um, Mark White's comments after the after the recent game yesterday about the 3G pitches um, is something the four of us have, have had a little bit of debate about in the group and everything. Obviously, we've got grass and 3G at the Hive. We spend time playing on both against, uh, you know, opposition clubs and that. When we're playing someone on 3G, do we specifically go and prepare on it? Do we do still a little bit of work on grass and how does it sort of fit? Um, yeah, listen, we, we we would normally do on a, not, not maybe not the full week, but maybe a Thursday, Friday, we would touch on it just, just if we're going for any sort of shape or, or anything, we do it because obviously the ball moves slightly different. Um, to be honest, for Bromley, we didn't. We stayed in the grass. We have, um, unfortunately, we've got lads. Unfortunately, we've got lads who struggle a little bit on the Astro over a certain staying period. So, if we if we want to get proper tactic into the boys, it's better to stay on the grass for us. So, listen, you, you hear loads of things of uh, experienced lads with knee or or joint problems that struggle on Astros um, regularly. So, we try and get on the grass as much as we can. But thankfully, we have that luxury if if it's 
if it's proper bad weather, we can go on the asteroid, but we tend to stay in the grass as much as we can. Do you find the injuries are becoming a bit more common from players that are having to play on that surface? Or um, I, Listen, I'm sure you've probably looked into stats, so you're probably going to tell me, but <laughs> I, I, I suppose they probably do. I know, I know, I don't think I've ever been to Oxford City and not can wave an injury. Every time I've been to Oxford City, someone gets injured and that, like, that's not a great Astro, but it's just some people don't like playing on them. I never minded it myself. It never bothered me. But I suppose if you're on it consistently, there probably is a, a study behind it where there probably is an increase in injuries. It wouldn't surprise me if there was. Um, I, I, I said, I'm not sure on the stats, but going off experience, I would assume there's probably increased injury if you're on it for a long, long period. Yeah. Well, I think I think Mark White said this, he's had five ECLs in like four in seasons. Years or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah is, so- which is obviously scary. Yeah, of course it is. And listen, that uh, the, the problem he's got is, and at any club that trains and plays a match on Astro, there is going to be a cluster of players that you're trying to recruit that can't do it. So you're going to miss out on certain players. Um, and that's through no fault of the clubs, by the way, or, or the or the player themselves. But that's just the way, unfortunately, some players are. Some players are obviously susceptible to injuries more than others. And Astro can often bring out certain injuries more than others. So I think obviously players have become more aware and obviously clubs probably have as well. Yeah, and you've got obviously the small clubs that rely on the revenue for the, yeah, from the community. Just, so I can't really understand why clubs do it. Definitely. Yeah, there's such yeah. a huge argument for and one, one against. So it's sort of mission impossible, really. Of course it is, yeah. As a player, Connor, was there any sort of like extra sort of consideration taken into insurance or the new um, National League contracts with like, you know, the increase in injuries if there are them from the 3G services as well or not really? Um. Obviously, obviously, all the EFL clubs they have they have better insurance policies than yeah. what the National League clubs do. Um, thankfully, there is there is actually insurance uh, companies out there now uh, tailored for non-league players. And when I was playing, especially at Willstone, I I had it myself. Um, our game it was called by Manny, uh, run by Manny Duke. Who, um, and um, yeah, just for situations like that, because obviously you got lads, especially in non-league, you got lads that are working. Um, and if, if God forbid anything happened in terms of a knee injury, as you said, an ACL or something that where they couldn't go on the site or they're self-employed and they could obviously be out of pocket. So there's, there is insurance policies in place tailored for non-league players. And I'd highly recommend players that are maybe working alongside playing to, to look into it. Um, I think clubs at National League now it should be OK most of the time because they're all on full-time contracts. And if anything happened, the clubs will obviously, of course, look after them. and um, They have that duty of care. And I think it's obviously become an almost fully professional league. So, but I think anyone that's part-time would highly recommend to do it because as you said, there can be lots of earnings and it can affect obviously home life or work life outside of football. So maybe there should be better insurance packages for leagues in general, especially the, the North, South and the National League. I probably think there should be considering the standard now, but that's obviously, who am I to say that? Just newly assistant manager at Barnet. So <laughs> I, I think that's way above my pay grade, but being an ex-player and obviously especially having played in the National League except for Wilson. I know how good the level is. Mm. And um, there's lads there that, that that probably should be at full-time clubs, but it's, it's obviously a risk every player takes every time they play a game. Yeah, but I think that's important that you, you actually say that, Connor, because obviously you've, you've, you've played non-league, etc., and you, you see how important it is. Do you think do you think maybe sort of non-league players could have more of an affiliation with like the the PFA, etc., or, or should it have been the equivalent non-league sort of PFA? That the players concerned to, yeah, there probably should be. Yeah, obviously the, the PFA does unbelievable, and thankfully I'm a member. And obviously once you're a member, you are for life. So I'm very fortunate I am a member of it. But there's lads that have had unbelievable careers and never played in the EFL that aren't members. And as I said, especially nowadays, you see the National League. Um, it's as I said, it's almost a fully professional league. The standards incredible, very very similar to League Two, I'd say. Um, throughout the whole division, mm-hmm. so. Maybe there should be something in place. I definitely, definitely think the insurance policies within the National League structure, um, National League, National League North and National League South should be um, better catered for the players, definitely. That is one thing I definitely think should happen. Donna, thank you very much for coming on. We'll let you get back to the crying No kids. problem. No right. problem. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks very much, Connor. Take care, mate. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. How about that? Special guest right on cue, just as if it, I just sort of clicked my fingers just like that, right? <laughs> um, time, time for us for to, uh, to wrap it up. Where are we all going this week, Pete? Saturday, I'm going to Worthing at home against Hemel Hempstead. <laughs> who uh, who this game? Games. This game's going to finish nil nil. I'm pretty sure. Which one? Uh, Chelmsford versus Hemel on on some TV. You were talking about oh, watching Hemel. You know, we were talking about an hour ago, Pete, when we started. 
Never yeah, yeah. I'm glad Pete's been awake. Gaz, where are you going? Well, we half discussed it. Well, you half discussed it when you came around the other day about me coming tomorrow. Um, the wife said, you're going to football on Tuesday, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. You might be breastfeeding, Gareth. And then I've I've got to um I've I think I think my daughter might be coming with me, but we'll see about that one. What tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, yeah. And then Saturday, not sure. Can't plan anything in advance. Other than when, other other than when my uh, my mates drop it into the conversation in front of my wife, so she can't say no. (laughs) <laughs> I'll try and do it more often <laughs> so Tuesday night Shields travel to Scunthorpe United um, oh you're doing you're doing an in, in-house commentary aren't you in the we bar? are so we are um, Ronnie and I are commentating in the bar so that the um, supporters can listen to our commentary I don't know if Scunthorpe provide commentary on the stream or not but we are going to commentate uh, in the bar and there should be some good numbers in there listening to us and also while we do so we will be um, putting it on the Mixler um, platform that we normally use anyway so people at home who are watching the stream can also there'll probably be about a three second delay but they'll be able to pause the stream and then kick it on again and listen to us so um, yeah looking forward to that See, I don't know how it's going to work I mean I've should work okay. The speaker Sounds system's good, fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, 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 Chris, do you want a little? Do you want a little um, heads up on this? Charles yeah, would have just scored. Yeah. Because I've already made my debut on National League TV. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So what we're doing? Because obviously we're doing it for our radio listeners as well. Yeah. So sort of every sort of um, fifteen minutes or so, just reminded the people that are watching the pictures that this is. Uh, this commentary is around our listeners on Rebel yeah. Yell. So if we if we're stating the obvious where the ball is on the pitch, that's for yeah, the, yeah. the radio yeah. listeners' benefit. Yeah, <laughs> not been not you watching that. the pictures. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm going to try and do a bit of a hybrid version. So not TV re- commentary, but not yeah. radio commentary. Something in between, if I can. It's impossible, um, Chris. Yeah, I tried I that because you've because you you got your radio listeners and you're like, right, they they want to know where it is because you know I'm just naming the players and saying because uh, you know it's quite obvious where the ball is and I thought shit I've still got the I've still got the radio yeah. listeners so now I'm yeah. like yeah over halfway they're on the edge of the penalty area that wide left wide edge of the penalty area to the byline. Um, so yeah, people watching are probably thinking what this guy what's what's this guy on because <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. But, yeah. but obviously the radio listeners are our bread and butter, basically. Yeah, yeah. National, National League TV on, and we don't get paid for that, so. That's right. So, well, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it's going to work. And then on Saturday, we are back at home. We have a 100% home record, and we try to maintain that on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it should be, like you said earlier, Trev, you know, it's a, it's a week where you could, if you get the right results, really put a good platform in for your, for your early third of the season. Yeah, and and then obviously all teams look at, look at ten games, yeah, as, as the first three or starting points of the season. Mm. So we'll be up to nine by next week. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to be looking at the table and thinking, mm. right, is this yeah. where the the season's going to be for us? Are we going to be down there battling relegation? Are we going to be a mid table side or are we going to be fighting for yeah. promotional playoffs? So absolutely, in, interesting time of the season coming up. Indeed, well, I'll be joining. I'll be joining Pete at Worthing on Tuesday night against Welling and Gaz if he actually makes it. And then uh, Saturday, huh. I'm going going FA Trophy Broadbridge Heath against <laughs> Grey Valley Paper Mills. Oh, that might be a good. Well, I might join you at that one. Go for it. Yeah, I, I think I did invite Trev to do co-commentary tomorrow. You night, did, didn't I? you did, and he, he never, he never answered me. I did, any, I did, I, I did say thank you very much for the offer, Pete. I've got too many friends to see when I get there tomorrow. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not being funny, but people from, uh, yeah, friends, guys, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> um, the, don't do, don't do a, don't do it, James. <laughs> didn't do it, didn't do it. There's I'm chumps for the score, by the way. Yeah, oh, no, okay. I heard you the first time. I oh, just ignore me, Charlie Ruff. Oh, he's a good player, he is. Yeah, he went back from back from having good player. Yeah, there's good a player. couple of people to uh, catch up with on Tuesday night, and uh, Danny Bloor, who's a Welling United manager, has always got time for an interview. So, 
right. So you're missing big. So you're not going to be on National League TV, then? Who, oh, well. me? Yeah, you're lost. <laughs> I'll be on. I'll be on. I'll be on that pitch invasion when Barnet win the title. Uh, yeah, heard it. Heard it here first. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tell <laughs> you what, if you weren't with COVID, you wouldn't be in that bloody league. Yeah, well, David, David wouldn't exist either, would they? But they That's still very do. true. So there we go. There we go. Or, or possibly Kings Lynn for that matter as well. <laughs> anyway, that's it from that's it from the four of us for this evening. Who knows? Two weeks. A happy time. ending. <laughs> two weeks time we actually may have five of us but I wouldn't put any money on it <laughs> ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 